0: Welcome to the Restless Soul Podcast. We're all restless in a way, chasing after things to find some kind of meaning in this crazy world. Each episode, a guest will share their story and talk about their spiritual quest to satisfy that deep longing. For me, I was restless before I knew God, and now I'm restless as ever. But enough about me. On to the pod. Well, Aileen, welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Thanks for inviting me. I was really excited.
0: Awesome, awesome. Well, it's it's so good to have you. Um, and like I said before the show, you know, um, you know, when I was first coming up with this podcast, you know, I was just so excited to be able to talk to people and, and talk about, you know, what faith lo- faith walks with the Lord really look like. And um, you know, I heard you give a talk um, at a young adult retreat not that long ago, mm-hmm. and I remember you were talking about your your journey with Jesus. And and before that, like I always like just really. Um, just really admired like your faith, honestly. Mm, thank you. Um, yeah, thank you for that. You're, you're welcome. Yeah. And, um, and so you shared, you were talking about just like what it's like on a kind of like on a daily basis, like uh-huh. how your prayer was like with Jesus and how you, um, yeah, how you talk to him throughout the day. And, and it, it really mm-hmm. moved me. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. so yeah, thank you again for, for sharing that. And, uh, yeah, I look forward to to chatting with you.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I, I am ready. I'm ready. <laughs> can't get enough opportunities to just talk about Jesus. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. Awesome. Okay, well, cool. Well, we'll start. Let's we'll start with just uh, tell me about yourself, um, yeah. who, who you are and what you do. Sure, sure. Uh,
1: so I am originally from the East Coast. I'm from Connecticut. And I came here, Jesus this is my seventh year um, in Indiana. And I'm a speech language pathologist in the public elementary schools in Elkhart. And, uh, so working with a lot of kids who have a speech impairment or a language impairment. Um, and that's, that's, that's my day job. <laughs> mm. Um, and, and I love it. Um, yeah, I've also, um, I, I work at the convent in Mishawaka. Um, at, I'm a switchboard operator there. So that's, it's <laughs> a lot of fun. Uh, and Um, also do a lot in the, in the local young adult community, which is how, how we met. Um, so, yeah, that's, uh, that's a synopsis of me, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Um... Yeah, my family still all lives back in in Connecticut. Uh, my sister actually just—that's um, not true. My sister just joined uh, religious life in August. Oh, that's uh, awesome. yeah, yeah. So she's in California now. Um, oh, that's cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It is cool. Um, but uh, yeah, I I have come to really love it here. Um, I miss mountains. Miss mountains and I miss the ocean. The lake's really cool, guys, but man, it's just not the same. It's not quite the same. I used to make fun of the lake though, and I don't anymore. Cause I, I people used to tell me that there are waves in the lake, mm-hmm. and I didn't believe them. And then I went on a really windy day, and I was like, oh yeah, I'm not going close to those things. Yeah, ways. yeah. It's real. It's yeah. real. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So no, I, I, um, I have come to love it here a lot. Yeah.
0: any uh fun hobbies or fun facts about you
1: i tend to um (laughs) i am an introvert i am um so my my time uh to myself is very very prized i love to i love to go hiking i love to be outside um i i i love reading i don't do it enough um I have two cats at home. I like to um, I like to be at home and lay on my stomach on my carpet and read or pray or um, just uh, that's usually my coming home from work routine. <laughs> no joke. Um, just just crash on the carpet um, and. Uh yeah, I, I go for walks. I um so that that's my my alone time is very boring. It's very boring. No, I love no. it. It's perfect. <laughs> it's so perfect. Uh and then um yeah, um over the course of the years been all involved in a lot of the uh diocesan young adult uh offerings programs that um at times have kept me super busy on the weeknights um uh, yeah, doing different things here and there, uh, but also, you know, it's where you got your best friends, so, um, uh, spending time, spending time with people outside of, uh, formal, formal events, um, uh, I, I am an introvert, but I, I need my people time too, um, (laughs) so, uh, yeah, no, I, um, my, my work life is, um, Pretty time-consuming uh, outside of work as well, so uh, I I uh, have learned to take really really good care of my of myself in so many ways, and part of that is is managing managing alone time and that that balance of. Letting myself just crash when I need to crash and be boring when I need to be boring. Um, so um, I don't have any, I really don't have any interesting hobbies or hidden talents. I, you know, I really don't. <laughs> I am, I. this is just, it, what you see is what you get, apparently. <laughs> yeah.
0: My wife and I are huge cat lovers. Um, oh, really? And, uh, yeah, I mean... <laughs> yeah, I, I've always loved cats, but there's something special about like coming home to a cat. Like it's, <laughs> honestly, it's it's, it's life giving. Like truly. It's oh man, like...
1: I love this. Oh, so I am I am uh, not naturally a cat person. Okay. I grew up with a cat, but um, always wanted a dog. And um, uh, but both my cats act much more like dogs than they act like cats. They really do. That's like, awesome. Yeah, like they come oh. running and they they. Um, they don't fetch um what do they do (laughs) that they're just like they're they're always want to be like want to be with you yeah yeah they're just and they like they want their stomach to be rubbed i'm like wait
0: what i know yeah it's weird not all cats are like that (laughs) no but see this is okay all you dog lovers out there uh who 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 hate cats or whatever who think that they're just like they want to be by themselves all the time Uh listen to what (laughs) she's saying
1: (laughs) It's, it's true. I didn't think that I, I moved to Indiana, not thinking that I was going to have pets, but then they put me in a, uh, pet friendly apartment and I was like, well, I guess this is happening. Um, but dogs weren't allowed. So I got two cats and, um, I was really concerned that they would gonna, they're going to be antisocial and you know, whatever. And no, they're really, really snuggly. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, everybody get yourself a cat. Um. But no what one of my cats' has very special needs mm. um she uh, <laughs> I tell people that she must have been traumatized a little bit when she was a baby because she was left alone in the shelter for months without her siblings and mm. all that anyway she she doesn't like it when I'm gone, mm. and she um you know she tends to be on the futon and all that sort of fun stuff, so mm. um <laughs> <laughs> mm, yeah <laughs> um it's it's a it's a happy adventure. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, but I do love the cats. That's
0: awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, sh- yeah. Shout out to the cats out there. Uh, Saint Francis of Assisi, pray for us. Pray for us. Pray for us. Awesome. Well, yeah. Let's let's switch switch uh, gears here and talk about your um, your spiritual your spiritual journey.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So,
0: you want to just tell me how your spiritual journey began?
1: Yeah, sure. So, I grew up a cradle Catholic, meaning that uh, I was born into a family of um, two. Two, two cat, two Catholics. Um, we didn't. Uh, my mom and dad didn't initially practice the faith when my older sister was little, but then um, started coming back to mass on a regular basis and everything. So I grew up. Um, I grew up with the sacraments. I was homeschooled through third grade, so I. Uh, I had my mom was the one who did all our catechesis and we had this, um, it it was, she did a great job. Uh, she did such a good job, especially considering how little background she had in it herself. But we had a good curriculum and we had this little homeschooling, uh, cooperative going. We called ourselves the little flowers and we would meet (laughs) once a month and do like little crafts and learn about the saints and stuff. It was, um, very, very sweet. Um... Then I started going to the local parish school and uh, my family just started being more and more involved in the parish. My dad was on the parish council. My mom taught at the school. I altar served. My sister was in the youth group. I was in the kids choir. Like it very much revolved around the church. And I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. I I felt like I, um, I, I loved what I knew about it. I, I loved that I could, I, I loved that I could recite the Ten Commandments I loved that I could yeah. say what the corporal works of mercy were. I loved that I had um access to the church because I had a key because I vacuumed the church on Saturdays okay. i yeah. um i loved I loved being in the church um i i um I had um I had very real experiences as a little kid of, um, that experiences that if I, if I, if I could be an adult and interact with that little five-year-old or six-year-old, um, and tell her what the heck was going on, um, Mm. it would have been really valuable. But I remember, um, when I was six for months, um, I just cried every Sunday uh, because my sister could receive the Eucharist and I couldn't. Mm-hmm. And I just didn't, um, I, I, I didn't have words for it. I just, my mom would, you know, ask me why I was crying and I just like, I want to do that. I just mm-hmm. want to do that. And um, I didn't know why, you know, nothing. And my mom um, even asked the parish priest if I could uh, receive early um, <laughs> and I, I didn't. But um, it, uh, so that I feel like was a, um a grace a, just a um, yeah total grace um, that I like there was something that I knew I wanted even though I didn't even know what it meant um, and a lot of times you know you, you never pay attention at mass as a little kid you know but a lot of my daydreams were about um uh, were about the Saints or about um, knowing that Jesus was in the tabernacle right over there like wow. I didn't know anything about that I just knew that he was right over there and like Um, I remember I, I kept on having this recurring daydream that the church was on fire and I would go, I just am imagining like in my head, like I would say, I would go and get, get Jesus and I would like, um, keep Jesus safe. I don't, I don't even know. Um, Mm -hmm. I didn't have, I, I didn't know where that came from. I didn't know what to do with it, Mm -hmm. any of it, but, um, uh, I, I, um, but it was a, it was a very real feeling. It was, it, mm-hmm. they were very real things for me. Um, and so, so loved, loved the faith, loved, loved God as best as I knew how our f- home life. Um, there wasn't a lot of prayer in it. We prayed before meals. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we prayed during like Advent Christmas. Um, and you know, sometimes there might've been discussion about, uh, about God. Um, it didn't feel like it came up a whole lot Mm. Um, and and prayer as a family wasn't really a thing.
0: Um, How old are we talking by the way for you?
1: um, Throughout? um, Yeah, like, I, I mean, during homeschooling, my mom, you know, taught us the yeah. faith, But like in terms of, you know, our daily living and yeah. um, making decisions or, you know, um, when good things happened and we sell it, we celebrated or, you know, mm. when scary things were happening and we were struggling like um, that usually wasn't explicitly taken to God in mm. any way or we weren't encouraged to take that to God. I, I just my, my parents didn't have that kind of experience themselves to know how to pass that on to us. Mm. Um, But like my my, um both my parents i think uh, my dad especially would often um make the sign of the cross on my forehead Mm. um just as like a blessing before i would go to bed or Mm. um yeah uh i remember um i had a a kid's bible that my mom would read with me when i was really little um yeah it was the the faith was highly valued in the home um and you know i have everything, like I attribute everything to that. Um, mm-hmm. uh, but I don't think either of my parents had the prayer life, the relationship with God, um, that, um, that could have, um, made it, uh, a a real tangible lived thing mm-hmm. for us as a family. Um, so they, there's a lot of, of knowledge and like value, Um, Passed down, but not a lot of like intimacy with God Um, So yeah, uh, that was that was all kind of until age uh, I don't know 12 ish and then and then my parents started having a really hard time and uh, It ended eventually in divorce. Mm. It was a very fast unraveling of our family and Uh, we were so we were such a close family um, and we were so highly regarded by everyone we knew as such a healthy and ideal family Mm. Um, so I just felt so secure in my family and then pretty much overnight it was just gone it was Mm. just gone Uh, and Um, you know, there's, um, there's so much grief. There's so much loss. There's so much pain. Um, uh, so going into freshman year of high school, several things happened at once. Um, my sister, my older sister by four years, um, we were very, very close. She moved away to college and Um, my mom moved out of the house the same weekend that I went to my first Steubenville Youth Conference Mm. and Steubenville Youth Conferences are, um, the, these, uh, uh, events where high school students, um, come and, uh, to all these different satellite locations across the country, it's run by Franciscan University of Steubenville, and uh, it's really meant to engage kids in relationship with God um, through um, through the sacraments, through talks, through um, uh, <laughs> lots of singing and craziness and age appropriate fun. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, so that first weekend um, was really profound for me. And, um, the, the, actually the first several years of uh, all, the, all the years of going to those weekends, um, I had really real encounters with God. Um, but, um, yeah, I came home and I didn't really know what to do with, with them. Mm-hmm. Um, how to, how to, you know, okay. Um, I've, uh you know I'm I'm kind of skipping ahead here. Let me backtrack just a little bit. So that first weekend I came home and my mom was gone. Um and so the loss of, you know, my, my mom was still very much in my life, but um the the experienced loss of her and then my dad was grieving so much and was um really incredibly absent and my sister had moved away. So there was like overnight there was this instantaneous loneliness and I was in so much pain and grief. And then I started high school and high school was not fun. It was not fun. (laughs) I mean, no one does that gracefully that transition, but, um, yeah, I was, uh, I was just in so much pain and I couldn't, um, I was used to being in such a sheltered environment in my local school. And, um, I was used to being at the top of the class and man, <laughs> no more, no more. Um, and, uh, I was just having trouble, uh, like, you know, I, I was, um, I, I was so miserable and I was so sad that, you know, um, it's hard to make friends. Um, so um, was really having trouble there. Um, and I was involved in my parish youth group um, and I kept on going to these conferences over the summers and would have really profound encounters where like, um, where God would clearly speak to me um, in in a voice that I could understand. I had never heard God's voice before. Um, you know, I'd grown up in the church my whole life, but never felt like I had a personal encounter with him where, like, um, this is where I am, like, come, come find me. And he shows up. Um, hmm. it, yeah. Do you, mind,
0: uh, do you mind talking about that? Like, what that was like?
1: Well, um, just one that comes to mind was, um, this, this actually, this was at the same time, but wasn't at a conference. Um, I was in a play and uh, um, I, w- I didn't need to be on stage. I was outside sitting on the steps and just looking at this beautiful sunset. And it was kind of this like peaceful moment in the midst of all the craziness of my life right then. And um, I just like, you know, looking up the sky and just kind of thinking about God. I wasn't really even in prayer. And I heard so clearly in my heart um I made it for you. Hmm. and there was this like shock of like, and I just I'm looking all around like who who just said that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but just this sense of like uh, it was it was a sunset where like I could see, I could see um. I was just imagining this world in the sunset because like, the way the clouds were shaped was like lending itself to like seeing rivers or seeing mountains or seeing, you know, uh, I, I don't even remember. I was I was 13, but mm-hmm. it just, it was gorgeous. And, and it, it just seemed like a gift. And then God said, I made it for you. That was one. Another one was, um, uh, I think the second or third year of being at the conferences and... I remember being surrounded by all these other teenagers um, who are so, you know, we were doing praise and worship, so, like, everybody was, like, really fired up and jumped around and being crazy, and I felt so old. I felt so old. I, um, I couldn't... I, I felt like my ability to be silly was just gone. My mm-hmm. ability to be lighthearted and carefree was like complete, like that was over. That was over. And I was what, like 14, 15? Mm-hmm. And um, I remember like just kind of standing there, like feeling my body so heavy. You know, everybody's like literally jumping up and down all around me and my I like I can't move mm-hmm. um, and just feeling so sad. And again, that voice in my heart of um, – you'll always be my little girl. And there was just such a like, whoa, whoa, like a, just a deep feel to it that, um, I couldn't have made that up. And I felt so connected to God in that moment. And I felt like there was a redemption of that moment. Like it, it, like it was okay. Like, I could still be someone's little girl. I could still belong to somebody and have a space in which I could be lighthearted and carefree. And that, like, th- just that sentence carried me through so much of high school of like, mm. I can still be a little girl somewhere. I don't have to bear the burden and the responsibility of everything happening in my family all the time. I can, I can still be little. Um, mm. So, so yeah, so those are a couple examples. But, um, uh, and, and I, I would come back from those weekends and just like, I would, I wanted more. I wanted more. Like I wanted like speak again. Like that was so good. Like, can you do it again? I, okay. I, do you want to do it again for me, God? Like, cause I want that more. Um, and I would in high school, um, I would, <laughs> our school had a chapel. Um, it was a Catholic school and, um, the lectern, um, so the, where the, the lectern stands to read the readings, it was hollowed out in the middle and f- from <laughs> in the mornings before classes started, I would climb into inside the lectern and just hang out in there for like an hour or more, just like looking at the tabernacle. And, um, I would ask people i couldn't drive but i would ask people to take me to the adoration chapel um that was local and like i was trying to have a prayer life but i had no idea how to do that i had no idea i would just like sit there and be like okay hi hi (laughs) hi (laughs) are you there are you there because i see you but um and i know you i know you said something to me i know that was real i'm in so much pain uh hi (laughs) um and unfortunately the youth group that i was in um we really didn't focus on prayer or relationship with god at all um we really didn't it was uh it was really based on different like social events it was based on playing games it was based on talking about different doctrines of the faith and i didn't need any of it um i needed i needed god himself i needed i needed his heart i needed I needed to hear his voice. I needed comfort. I needed love. I needed friendship. Um, and if someone had only, uh, you know, like, ah, what we do, okay, I'm just going <laughs> to. <No, please, no. laughs> just um, the deficit of our church in that area, that we, um, there, like let let's exalt and esteem the doctrines let us exalt and esteem community let us like those things are so good so good and they have to be a priority and there's a place for them but can we can we lift up <laughs> can we point people towards Jesus himself as much as we point people towards community and as much as we point people towards doctrine like
0: please
1: mm-hmm. please please how many years have we have I, I'll just speak for myself, how many years did I miss out on Mm. over a decade? (laughs) Over a decade. um, Where I was just languishing, Mm. wanting it. And if someone had given me just the smallest, smallest amount of encouragement or coaching or any of it, um, you know, I would have run with it. Mm. Anyway. But, and I also, like, I would... i would i would fall asleep i um for several years um i would just fall asleep crying mm. and um i would listen to the music from the conferences um so praise and worship music um and i would just fall asleep cry myself to sleep listening to that music and um like what if someone had taught me how to pray with it you know mm. like um i was just listening to it for comfort you know mm. um anyway uh also during high school I had um this really really intimate relationship with a teacher um and uh she was 10 years older than me she had the best of intentions um but it it crossed all the boundaries and was not a healthy thing for me uh it really uh really did a lot of damage, especially because at the end um, she just completely cut it off as if nothing had ever happened. So mm. because of my relationship with her, I never processed my parents' divorce very much. Mm. Um, and so then all of a sudden I lost my my teacher, my friend, um, and, na- and I haven't processed having lost my parents too. Mm. Um, so went into college, um, just uh, a mess, a mess. Um, I had no true friends. Um, I had people in my life who were incredibly good-hearted people that if I had let them love me, they would have loved me, Mm. but I didn't let them, I didn't see, Mm. I didn't let them see me at all. Um, I, um, I had already started having a really bad relationship with food and by the time I finished senior year of high school, I was bulimic, Mm. um, and that worsened significantly over all four years of college, Mm. um. Yeah, I I was cutting myself. I was um, on high, high dosage of antidepressants um, and anti-anxiety meds and was completely numb um, and simultaneously uh, juggling juggling an insane workload. I was a, um, uh, what do you call it? work-study student is that Mm. what we call it yeah um and that had more hours than the typical work-study job so i was working in the schools and then i had i was double majoring in uh social work and communicative disorders so it was just a a packed plate plus i was i was very involved in campus ministry Mm. um and again around lots of people who would have who would have supported me um but i i couldn't let anybody in um and uh just um I couldn't. I couldn't. I. I. I just went from one distraction to another to another. Um. I really did. There were some times where I would go into the chapel and just sit there in front of the tabernacle and just like, again, I didn't Mm. know how to do the whole prayer thing. Mm -hmm. I just knew I was hurting so much and I just needed help. Um. Mm. I. I was seeing counselors. Um. I had been seeing counselors since I was fifteen, sixteen. Um. But. Just, uh, again, just too much, too much to, um, you know, you you have to, you have to um, adopt whatever appearance you need to ensure that you will be lovable. And being in pain didn't promise love for me. Um, It seemed like uh, I couldn't be loved if I would show my pain. Um, And... So that was off limits. So I had to look
0: hmm.
1: like, you know, like just so many of us, um, you know, had to look like everything was fine. That was the only, only possibility that I could receive love. Hmm. Um, so uh, let's see. Grad school came back to Boston for that. <laughs> and that was when I started. Um, I started thinking about it as waking up. It felt like I was waking up. Uh, I lived just a block away from a chapel that had like five masses a day Hmm. Confession multiple times a day adoration every day and I just started uh, Like pitching my tent there. Um, I just I just came uh, All the time mass adoration confession, and I I also I started crying again. I hadn't cried in about uh, six years Um, I hadn't cried and I just started like waking up and crying and I, then I would cry all day. (laughs) Um, and I didn't know what was going on and I, my emotions were coming back too. Um, I had been so numb that, um, my emotions, when they came back, I was like, man, I don't know what to do with these things. Like they're crazy. (laughs) Like, man, like, (laughs) um, so I just started, I started mass and confession. I needed to um I, I started wanting to make an examination of conscience to to want to like okay where where's the breakdown here? Where am I um what things are in the way of me having relationship with God? What's what's stopping me from receiving the love that I want from God? Because uh I had I kept coming back to you know like i knew what i experienced in high school and as a little kid was real mm-hmm. like you just couldn't tell me it wasn't mm-hmm. um it it didn't come from me it didn't come from what <laughs> i know what's inside me <laughs> it just yeah. didn't come from there mm-hmm. so um i it was like okay well if that's real then I just need more. I need more and nothing, like nothing can stop me. Um, so I just started, you know, um, doing, doing mass readings, um, reading the mass readings every night and um, just kind of trying to like read spiritual stuff sometimes and read different reflections. And it, it was, um, it was helping me wake up. Um, and then, and then I graduated grad school. Moved to Indiana. And um, that's the first time that I felt like I was healthy enough to start getting to the underlying roots of things. Mm -hmm. Um, So before in counseling or just me trying to help myself, it was all like just reacting to just trying to put out fires, right? Um, Mm -hmm. And now it was like, okay, well, what's underneath the bulimia? Um, What's underneath... um, all the anxiety, was underneath all the depression and um you know, I had processed so much of my parents' divorce, but now I was like, man, there is so much more here. Um and um one of the the first things that happened was um I realized that up until that point I hadn't been able to pinpoint a single moment of being attracted to men mm. and that was so scary for me because I was aware of you know I, I had been um you know like I'd been an all-women's college <laughs> and um then I went to a grad program where there was one guy in the whole you know one out of 60 um so and my friends um were all women and so um and I, I wasn't really coming to terms as much until then of of how much um, I felt unsafe around men, mm. and um, so I was like, oh man, you know. So I started really questioning my sexual identity, mm. um, and uh, what does that mean? <laughs> what what does that mean um, if if I if I identify as gay? What does that mean? what does that mean what is it what does all of that mean for how i see myself how i relate to my family how what what belief systems i adopt um how i how i can find a place in the church um do i want to be in the church do i believe what the church says about being gay like Mm -hmm. just all these questions like everything was suddenly on the table and um hmm that summer was nuts. I went home and told my mom, my dad, and my sister. I said, um, I said I'm said i gay. I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> no joke. Those were the words. Um, and I said, I just feel like um, I have so many questions and I don't have answers to them yet. But I know that I haven't yet been attracted to a man before. And they were so good. They were so good, and they listened so well. Um, But it was a terrifying summer. Simultaneous with that question of am I gay was the question of whether or not I had been abused. Um, And I just want to pause for a second here and Mm -hmm. say that um, my story is um, not at all too... uh, um, diminish and validate anybody else's story who struggled with sexual identity. Um, this is totally just my story. Um, but I, I needed to know that I had, in so many ways, I was a textbook case of having been abused. Um, and throughout my journey in counseling, pretty much every counselor had probed that, um, and continuously probed that. And, um, I just didn't, I couldn't put my finger on anything. Um, so there was these two questions, am I gay and was I abused? And, um, Mm. you know, like such dramatic questions, my whole life's going to explode, you know? Um, and it just has every implication, in every area of your life. And what event, you know, I was talking to, um, people in the church, I was talking to people outside of the church. I was going to confession. I was going to mass. I was I was doing everything and I was reading books about what the church was saying and I was like, I hate these books. I hate them. <laughs> like uh, I I know. Like uh, I, I'm not in on that. Um and what I eventually settled on was um so my, my confirmation saint is Peter. Um and my confirmation name is Petra. And what eventually came to be came to me was Matthew sixteen of um, Peter naming Jesus for who he was. Jesus says, um, who, who do you say that I am? And um, Peter says, you are, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Um, just the sequence struck me of Peter needed to identify Jesus for who Jesus was to him before Jesus could respond by saying, and you are Peter, uh, and upon this rock I will build my church. Like I had these identity questions, these major identity questions, and I needed answers stat. Okay. <laughs> but just realizing that, like, okay, well, maybe I need to know who, who God is to me hmm. before He can tell me who I am, before He can answer these questions for me. Um, and so Matthew 16 came up. Also, this um quote from Father Pedro Arupe, and I'll I'll read it for you. I came upon it. Um, totally by happenstance. Uh, It's called Falling in Love with God. (sighs) Nothing is more practical than finding God. That is, than falling in love in a quite absolute final way. What you are in love with, what seizes your imagination, will affect everything. It will decide what will get you out of bed in the mornings, what you will do with your evenings, how you spend your weekends, what you read, who you know, what breaks your heart, and what amazes you with joy and gratitude. Fall in love, stay in love, and it will decide everything. Right? (laughs) And I was just like, man, this is bigger than these two questions. Like, whether, whether I'm gay or not, whether I've been abused or not, I have my whole life ahead of me. And what do I want to be reading? Who do I want to have in my life? What do I want to fill me with wonder and gratitude. How do I want to be spending my weekends? Like this is bigger than that. Um and um I had had people throughout my life at different intervals in my life who I knew were in love with God. Mm. And they <laughs> they pissed me off <laughs> so much. I I was so I they frustrated me so much because um Really what was happening is I wanted that and I didn't know how to have it. Mm. Um, But in my mind, I was just like, oh man, like, you know, you're just, I don't know. I didn't even know what to say in my head. I just, they, they bugged me so much. And, um, but now in this season, when I'm reading that quote and I'm like, man, like, uh, (laughs) oh, I still want that. I still want that. So I just started going to adoration actually was the first thing I just, I would go to adoration after work every day for hours sometimes. And my prayer was just help me fall in love with you. I don't know what I'm doing here. Help me fall in love with you. I don't know who I am. I don't know who I am. Who are you? But uh, like, just who are you? Cause that's more important than who am I. Um, Mm. and, uh, I did that for months (laughs) and then he answered, uh, I, in the course of therapy and, um, in the course of a lot, I remembered and came to understand the abuse that I had suffered throughout my childhood. Mm. And it explained everything. It it truly explained everything. And, and again, please, um, m- um, this is not to make parallel or compare to anyone else's stories of abuse um or sexual identity but it just like in an instant i was like oh that well that explains my whole life and Mm. um and i'm not gay i never was um of course i'd be scared of men um and okay like it just this awe of like you answered my questions (laughs) (laughs) you totally answered my questions um and then um I went on this uh, conference, the same one that I met you at, hmm. um, Encounter Conference in uh, Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It was so good. Um, but the whole day, um, the one of the speakers um, gave a talk in the beginning of the day. And the whole time, the whole day, I'm like, her name was Megan. Um, and I was like, I want her to pray with me. I don't know what that looks like. I don't know what that, is I just want her to pray with me. <laughs> and eventually, it was right before adoration, you know, like everybody's like hyped up, like, you know, um, this is the climax of the of the night. And um, I am shaking head to toe. I'm sweating. And I can feel my heart. Like, I swear, like if I looked down at my chest, my heart would, like I could see my heart beating. <laughs> um, it was so big. And I was like, I have to, I have to get her to pray with me. Mm. And... Um, but, like, I'm in this auditorium of, like, 300 people. Like, seriously, God, you want me to, like, walk past all these people, go to the front of the auditorium, tap the shoulder of a person I don't know and say, will you pray with me? Like, you're joking. <laughs> you're joking. That's not happening. Okay, it's totally happening. Um, and I I just touch her shoulder and I, I'm start crying and i said i'm so sorry i I think you can you can you pray with me (laughs) she was so sweet and so gentle and knew exactly what's going on i didn't and she took me out of the auditorium and prayed over me for um i don't know it was a long time it was a long time but god spoke right through her it was her voice speaking what my ears heard was her voice but it was God the Father, and he was mm. just telling me exactly who I was and exactly what I had been through and how much he cares about what I had been through, and he knew all the pain, that there wasn't an ounce of the pain that he didn't know about, mm. um, and that it wouldn't always have to be that way, that there was so much hope and, and all the love I'm looking for, he wants to give me. Mm. Um and I, you know, <laughs> um, my T-shirt was covered in snot. Okay, <laughs> it just was. Um, and I eventually got up, <laughs> and we were finished, and opened the doors back to the auditorium, and Jesus, the Jesus was being pre- processed in the monstrance around the auditorium, and I opened the door, and he's right there, whoa, right there, whoa. and I just dropped down to my knees. I didn't have any words. I didn't anything. I just felt claimed by God. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, it was a very much like, well, the rest of my life is going to be different now. Wow. Um, and it was. And and I, I just, again, an interjection, um, it was a dramatic moment for me but there's so much of my story that is not dramatic. And so many people have such deep and profound relationships with God and they don't have a dramatic moment. Um, so it, it doesn't have to be that way. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, that moment at least was dramatic. And for the next months after that, I felt like I was a new, like a completely new person every week. I went home to visit and my mom was like, whoa, what happened? <laughs> she said the, the biggest, change was that i could look people in the eye Mm. and she said she couldn't remember when i last did that um so just massive changes started being involved i just (laughs) poor sean allen (laughs) uh he's he's the um young adult coordinator for our our diocese and i just wanted everything i wanted i wanted to go on the retreat i wanted to do intentional discipleship i wanted to do alpha i wanted like anything you name it i wanted it Mm. um and he was uh he he was so patient, um, and, uh, encouraging and made a place for me. Um, but I just, I, I, my prayer life was exploding. I remember, um, there were more instances of people praying over me and having encounters with God that were so real. Um, and I went to a friend's house once and we were talking about prayer and, God and I come back out and I was so angry at God. Like, I thought we had a good relationship. I thought we did. But you talk to her like you talk to, like, I want you to talk to me like that. And like, how come um how come she has this crazy understanding of you and like you and her are so tight like excuse me <laughs> like um i was so angry i was so angry and the next morning i woke up and it was like well but I, I just in my heart it was like well so do do you want what she has and it was it was just this like opening of just this outpouring of like grace and like so so how you how you how you get what she has is just trust first of all trusting your imagination because you have full access to me and the way that you you um um it's not as uh formal as you think it is it's not as Forrest it's so na- like let me let me love you in the way that you want to be loved mm-hmm. don't 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 want me to love you the way I've loved the saints mm-hmm. don't let want me to you know love you the way that I love it. like how do you want to be loved cuz I guarantee you I want to love you the same way mm-hmm. um and that just opened so many doors and I had such access to God after that um mm-hmm. and it just gave a lot of freedom, um, hmm. and that's usually the point in my testimony, so more or less, where I I stop, just because. Uh, then we're at more recent times. That was like, uh, oh man, that was like, that was only that was five years ago. Yeah,
0: encounter that would have been twenty fifteen.
1: Yeah, I think it was actually November twelfth.
0: Oh, you remember the date? I do. Yeah. Nice. <laughs>
1: yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, it was also around 8 PM and I know what clothes I was wearing.
0: Wow. Praise God. Mm. That was a big moment for you. It yeah.
1: was, it was.
0: Wow. That's cool. Cause when I think back, by the way, thank you so much for, for sharing yeah. your yeah. story. Seriously. Thank
1: yeah. You. Yeah. No problem.
0: Um, yeah. Uh, thinking back to that, that, uh, um, conference was it was it was a sweet conference it was um and you know now that you you mentioned a little bit about your story I, you know I don't know if, if I remember this correctly but I want to say when I first um met you mm-hmm. and then fast forward maybe I don't know six months or a year whatever it was I remember seeing you again and I do remember something different about <laughs> really you. yeah
1: oh that's funny
0: I remember thinking like oh like this like and then I got to know you more after that. And yeah, then I remember thinking yeah. back like, yeah, like it, I just remember thinking like there was something that different, different about you. So that's kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, and now I now I know why. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. going on? So <laughs> yeah. that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Uh, it's really, it's really incredible how practically God changes you. Like it's not, it, it's not, um <sighs> it's not mystical. You know, like, yes, it is. But it it's not, like, you can look people in the eye. Mm-hmm. You can... You can um, express yourself in a different way. Your body posture changes. Mm-hmm. Um, the way that you choose to spend your time. The, like, the decisions that you make. The way that you interact with people. And it's not just about, like you know, quote unquote, being a better person, Mm -hmm. you know, like, it's not just about like being nicer or being kinder. Mm -hmm. It's about like, it's about being, it's about being powerful. Like, um, when you have that kind of security of like, of being like, if, if you practically experientially know the love of God, like you can't be touched like you can't Mm. like there's nothing like um you are like there's just no fear there's just no fear like uh Mm. the whole world is safe the whole world is open like Mm. anything anything is like there's just um like all the things come falling down so Mm. So you can make decisions that you always wanted to make, but you can't like as simple as telling someone that um, you actually don't want to spend time with them mm-hmm. or um, telling people that, you know, when you said that, that actually hurt a lot mm-hmm. um, or, you know, choosing to um, spend the evening taking a walk by yourself and baking cookies instead of, mm-hmm. you know, like, um, praying to rosaries and going to adoration or, mm. or, um, or just binge-watching Netflix. Mm. Um, you know, like, that y- you can make decisions based on what you actually need and mm. actually meet those needs mm. rather than distract yourself or try to live up to some standard that you think God expects from you
0: mm-hmm.
1: or that other people expect from you. Mm. Instead, you can just be like, no, like... I I need this. I need love this way right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm going to make sure that I get that. Um, and what does love look for me right now? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's going to look different than what it looks like tomorrow or in two hours. Um, but just to be able to um, make those kinds of decisions where before you, your whole life is is structured by, like, I have to do this. Or I can't do that, mm. and the the have tos and the can'ts just explode because mm. because you're loved, mm. because you're loved, so you don't you don't have to do anything. It's not about what you do anymore, mm. um, and the things that you think you can't do, you totally can, you totally mm. can, um, because there's there's just no limits or expectations anymore like the whole world is just open because you're loved Uh um and until you've actually experienced that Uh everything's just lip service Uh you know um it's just uh yeah it it, um it doesn't actually change anything you know I had lit like this is my story I'd lived my whole life in the church Uh I could tell you the corporal works of mercy when I was seven you know Uh like this was not new to me Uh But my heart, my life, my decisions, my relationships, my posture, my eye contact, my everything
0: mm-hmm. changed
1: overnight when I experiential, experientially received the love of God. Mm-hmm. Um, it was no longer abstract. There was nothing abstract about it. It was in my body. Mm-hmm. Like you feel it in your body. And until you feel it in your body, mm-hmm. you do you don't really know mm. <laughs> you know um
0: yeah yeah that's awesome uh, there's so much to talk about there <laughs> I, we could talk for six hours honestly we so can uh, we can we can, can we please <laughs> um but cuz what what as you're speaking like it just makes me think about how um being loved uh is um grounds your identity Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh and identity, as you mentioned, affects everything, right? Everything. And I've been learning so much uh, recently about that, mm-hmm. how um being loved um affects everything. Um, Mm. you can see the bad side of it in the world, obviously, so much comes from a lack of love, lack of love from, from, you know, family members. Yeah. But, uh, you know, my wife, she has such a beautiful family Mm. and, um, I've gotten to know her dad really well, um, in recent months and we're in a men's group together. And, uh, and so I see the kind of man that he is, Mm. you know, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I know his dad, I know, Mm -hmm. know the grandpa. Okay. Um, and he's an awesome man as well. And so I have just... I'm just fascinated, you know. When like I love Sarah so much, and so I, I want to get to know her more and kind of like what makes her tick and yeah, yeah. And um, hmm. and so, uh, so I just I, I realize how she's been loved, and hmm. it gets exactly what you're what you're talking about because she's so confident. Yes. I love yes. her confidence, and yes. I don't have that. Oh, <laughs> and so oh. I'm I'm just like um, yeah. I, I don't think of myself as a confident person. Yeah being very indecisive and and i'm like i know exactly where you got that from Mm -hmm. because of the love from her father Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um and uh, so good it's so real guys
1: this is so real
0: (laughs) it it, it, it is so real and it's you know you talk about posture you talk about eye contact you know all these things are it's it's a lot of it's linked to confidence it's it's uh, a better way of saying it is am i safe
1: exactly right now yes yes
0: is am i good you know,
1: right now yes um
0: yeah is everything gonna be okay yes.
1: yes and uh
0: and you sharing your story um you know i my parents i experienced divorce as a as a child mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. and by by the miraculous power of god nine years later they actually were re- re- remarried oh gosh which, wow. which i know like hardly ever happens and um, yeah, and yeah. I can't. I, I, it is totally a, a miraculous thing. Yeah, um, and wow. I, and I'm so thankful. Um, but as I've gotten older and I've gone through counseling, and there's, there's a lot of damage. That there's was done. so much pain. And uh, during that, during a, I would say maybe half of those years, I didn't see my mom at all. Like I had no mm, contact with oh her gosh, from wow. like three to like six or seven. Oh wow and so it was oh, just wow. me and my Three dad six
1: or seven. yeah so, was, oh, so there's a lot of like ben. yeah
0: <laughs> so a lot of issues there um that oh, are like gosh, coming back yeah and so um i know i won't get too into my story but you know the uh divorce is gosh as you know it's traumatic and and so i have realized in, in counseling uh uh more recently that i often don't feel safe yeah and it's not yeah. even like uh Oh, somebody's gonna attack me. I'm I'm thankful that I'm thankful <laughs> right. that I don't have that feeling. Right, right, right. A lot of people do. Um, but for me, it's like it's hard to, it's hard to describe it. It's it's just like um this uneasiness, uh this um like you know, over concerned about what people think. Yes. Um, this uh just like almost not even thinking of myself as trustworthy. Right. Trusting right. your own decisions. Yes. Um and so yeah, like and i would imagine a lot of the uneasiness is because my family life wasn't absolutely. stable right absolutely i never knew like you know um and my my parents there's a lot of dysfunction there but there's yeah. a lot of wounds around you know like uh like you know uh, one of my parents like you know are they going to leave us like that was yes. like a common yes a common thing that that actually like was was real was real and like verbally expressed like oh, you know not gonna be around kind of thing
1: oh gosh and
0: so that that uneasiness affects everything it, it, yeah of course it would affect your uh easy to affect your posture you know yeah. you're punched over oh, your gosh. uneasy or yes. like yes or like can I trust people yeah and yeah yeah because
1: love is rest mm. like yeah. uh love is rest and so when love is conditional or love is uncertain uh we can't rest we're constantly trying to you know, just like our bodies is, our bodies are always trying to achieve homeostasis, mm, you know, so yeah. that we can, um, we can be at rest physically in our bodies. We're always trying to get into rest, digest mode, you know, mm. um, but our, our bodies and our, our hearts are so connected that we know that we can't live a second without love. Mm. We know that. Yeah. So when love is conditional or when we're afraid we're going to be abandoned or when we're afraid that love won't stay, yeah. we can't possibly be at rest. So our entire existence becomes about how can I ensure that I'm going to get love? Hmm. And that's when you adopt every role mask <laughs> yeah. um, you can think of to be the person that will get you the love that you need Mm. um and if and and that can look a million different ways right but um and you know if i can't get love then how am i going to distract myself from the pain of not being loved how Mm. am i going to get myself to rest um because uh we 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 have to be loved we have to be loved every cell in our body knows we have to be loved. Mm -hmm. Like there, there's just no, there's no arguing about it. There's, Mm -hmm. there's just no other truth than that. Um, and so when we're not sure if we're going to be loved, if we're, if, if, if we're, um, going to be met with criticism or, um, we're going to be met with shame or mm-hmm. judgment or um, <sighs> lack of connection from our parents or our peers mm-hmm. or adult other you know important adults in our lives as kids. Like then um, we have no other option but to c- try and create that sense of rest. Yeah. Um. And try and create that sense of being loved, and that can. Um, that means that we we become this person that we think we need to be in order to be worthy of love and deserve love mm. or it means I'm going to manipulate the situation to get the love that I need yeah. or that means I am completely helpless to get love so I'm just going to distract myself from the pain of being unloved mm. um, and that becomes our, the entirety of our life like there mm. and and um yeah I, I appreciate so much what you say about um you know i've had to work through so much pain i've had to work through so Mm -hmm. much pain um on a daily basis i i I, um on a daily basis um and i've gotten i've gotten so good at it Mm -hmm. (laughs) and i love that i i place such a high value on the trauma that i've been through um, I wouldn't trade it for anything, um, but it's really hard. And there are times when, um, you know, you have close friends in your life that have come from a place of such security and love, like Sarah, that mm-hmm. you're like, man, like, <laughs> wow, yeah, it sounds so nice. <laughs> it sounds so nice, and it sounds so like, yeah. Oh man, I just uh there's this sense of like it it's so easy to fall into this um like well they are privileged mm-hmm. and um and I am not. Mm-hmm. Um that's so easy to adopt. But mm. um the truth is that I've had to I've gotten the chance to learn so much that has put me in such a good place to live such an abundant life Mm -hmm. that other people who maybe have come from really secure and loved backgrounds Mm -hmm. um they they might not ever have the impetus to learn Mm -hmm. those things Mm -hmm. um and those things that i've learned benefit everybody doesn't matter how secure Mm -hmm. you grew up or how loved you are um uh everybody everybody needs to know how to be secure in their own skin everyone's going to face difficulty everyone's going to be wounded even if you weren't even if you didn't go through trauma as a kid yeah. you're still you still have wounds and they, matter, yeah. and they matter and they matter every every <laughs> i said this to a friend and she laughed but every wound matters <laughs> mm. every, like there isn't a wound too small like um th- there's no wound too small um every everything matters there there isn't Um, there isn't a wound so small that, uh, God doesn't care so deeply about it and it all matters. So, um, we need to learn in order to live a life that is powerful, a life that's free, a life that's so alive. Mm -hmm. You know, I want to be powerful. I want to be so alive. And if I want that, then I have to continue learning these things that, um, that, um, my trauma opened gates to learn. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I, I, I love it. I love that. Um, Mm -hmm. I've gotten to learn so, so many things so early because I've engaged my story, um, Mm. and engaged and purposely gone into all that pain and brought it to God. And, Mm. um, and let him teach me how he wants to redeem it and make it new. Mm-hmm. Um, and because of that, I'm in such a powerful place to live life the way that I want to live it, and the way that I was always um, it, it, I was always intended to live it. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, so many people um, don't necessarily get that that chance, um, that they don't have a catalyst in their life, a catalyst of pain to, to, um, uh, bring them to the place of learning those things. So, Mm. uh, I feel really grateful that Mm. I've been through what I've been through. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's really incredible to like have those people in your life that they're just so confident and they're Mm. so secure and you're like, oh gosh, (laughs) I'm over here just like, yeah. Wondering if I can take the next breath because I'm so, yeah. you know, worried um, and, you know, anxious or, you know, like my life, I feel like, you know, cornered in by all these walls and, you know, yeah. uh, just kind of shaking and all my... Anxiety and insecurity, and they're just like living the life. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, you know, you read about the saints, and they, they talk a lot about this mm. just this constant need for God, this dependency. Yeah. You're know, like, I need you for everything. Yeah. And that sounds nice. Like, you're really like, oh, yeah, we, like we need God for everything. <laughs> do you, though? <laughs> well, that's the question. Like, do you really need Him for everything? And and Sarah and I, we, we've had these conversations, and, and, you know, you talking about this makes me, makes me, you know, very grateful too for the the crosses that God has given me. Because it has helped me, you know, I'm not, I have not arrived <laughs> by any means to right, having the faith right. that I want to have in the Lord, but, um, it's helped me to be more dependent and desperately desperate, like for him. Yeah. And, yes. and that's been awesome because, you know, Sarah, um, hopefully she's okay with me <laughs> talking about <laughs> her, but she'll, you know, she'll just say things like, you know, um, you know, uh, I guess the best way of saying it is like, she's, 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 um, yeah she she's just desiring she's desiring that she's desiring Mm -hmm. the dependency um and she's thankful that i can that i can help her with that yeah um and all of us are are, are working on that but i've realized like i think that's a part of my role like Mm -hmm, you know mm -hmm. spiritually in this marriage like i think that's where i can i can help and i can shine Mm
1: -hmm. because Mm
0: -hmm. because i know every second as you mentioned every second. Like, I'm desperate for God. I got so many issues. I got so many problems. Right. Yes. You know, yes. Uh, I said earlier, God's like my drug because a lot of my story involved drugs. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. it's like, it's like, yeah, like I, I literally need Him. Like, yeah. I, I need Him every second. And without Him, I'm, I'm, I'm doomed. Like, I, um, yeah. So, um, that's been so helpful because i i'm constantly reminding you know like like that's my rules like hey like you know we need Jesus like we need to go pray we need to do these things and um and uh, it's funny because from the outside someone could say oh well like you know um like the lord loves you like why do you feel the need to yeah. do all these things but yeah. it, but it's like <laughs> I, I get where that's coming from but it's like you don't understand. Like I was, I was, I was rock bottom before God. Yeah. And, uh, and I feel like even now every day, um, I, I have pain, you know, I have, um, I have, uh, loneliness. Yeah. Loneliness. I've, yeah. Things that I'm just like, I'm dealing with where, um, I I just don't feel okay. I don't feel safe or whatever. And, um, and yeah. And the Lord's love is, is, it's like, um, He'll give us as much as we want from him, mm-hmm, you know? Mm-hmm. And if if you don't feel a need for him, yes, you're not going to yes, ask as yes, much. Yes. But if you if, but if you but if you do have a huge need, you're going to ask
1: everything. Everything, everything, and you'll get everything. And you'll get everything. And you'll get everything. Yeah. Yeah. I um, you know, uh y- your your primary word for this podcast is restless, right? And um the word of my life is hunger. Mm-hmm. Um And it shapes everything. It, um, yeah, you know, having pain puts you in such a good place to be hungry. You Mm. know, being starving puts you in such a good place to be hungry, you know, like, Mm. um, and I have continually asked God for more hunger. Because the hungrier I I am, like you say, the more I'm going to be fed. Mm -hmm. Um, And you can't, it's this never-ending cycle, right, of like um, the more I get filled up, the more I want more. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, uh, uh, um, not at all to say that uh, this is true of Sarah, but Mm -hmm. um, I think uh, so many of us, Maybe, maybe, um, well, just so many of us rely on other people to meet that, those deep needs for love and intimacy and, um, to alleviate this, the great loneliness of being human in exile.
0: Mm -hmm. Um,
1: and, uh, other people cannot categorically do that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not possible for us to do that for each other.
0: Right. Um, On a deep love like that. Right. right. No, yeah. no.
1: No, no, um, no. And so if we want rest, if we want the love that is rest, mm. um, it can't come anywhere else but from God. And mm-hmm. we can look for it in every single place but God. Mm-hmm. And we won't get it. Mm-hmm. And as soon as we look to God to get it we get it (laughs) like it's so simple it's so simple (laughs) but but um I think uh I can totally relate to Sarah's like I want that dependency on God you know I I want that Mm. I like I see that in you and I I want it because I can I can relate to that like the times when I'm not hungry well, then I'm not getting filled, yeah, <laughs> you know, right. and so true. I still have the same loneliness. I still have the same pain. I still have mm. the same daily wounds and the same past traumas. And, um, I still have the same needs for to be seen and to be understood and to be heard and, and, and to have connection with other people. And, um, and if I keep on trying to, um, look to all the people to take care of that for me (laughs) it's just gonna be a bigger and bigger mess and it it, 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 just the the catastrophe of that just never ends (laughs) it never ever ends so um you know how do we just let ourselves be found Hmm. you know like Hmm. that's the entirety of the spiritual life it's not it's not like I will find you, God. I will find you, God. I will get my needs met through you. like I want. I want your love, God. So I am going to, I am going to jump through all the hoops necessary, um, so that I can get your love. <laughs> it's not that at all. It it's just it's just it's just here I am. Come find me. I. I I remember when I was little my parents would always tell me like you know there's this book I wish I could remember the book I probably a lot of people our age know it I don't know but of this little kid that got lost in a in a store and um the the mom I think it was a little boy and he was lost in a clothing department I think <laughs> and all of a sudden he couldn't find his mom and so he goes like he just walks through all the different stores trying to find his mom and you can you can see like in one page you see the mom like searching desperately for him and you mm-hmm. can see the little boy like wandering through the whole mall trying to find her mm-hmm. and um, I don't know whether I guess like she does eventually find him and um, I guess that's when she like um, you know comforts him of course and then just ingrains in him like when you are lost stay right where you are Just stay right where you are. And I remember going into public spaces with my mom and dad and like going to fairs and things like Mm -hmm. that. And like number, you know, memorize parents' phone number and parents' names and all that, but stay right where you are. Like don't, don't leave, don't move. And that's what we do our whole Mm -hmm. lives in the spiritual life is we just go all through the mall (laughs) trying to find the place of love, trying to find the place of rest, Mm -hmm. which, you know, in the practical level for a little kid is their parent but for a human being it's god um it's love and we just just wander trying to find love when all we need to do is just sit down in the place of our hunger in the place of our restlessness in the place of our pain in the place of our loneliness sit down Mm. sit down and say come find me Mm. um and he does Uh (laughs) and he does um. And the being found changes everything. Hmm. The being found changes everything.
0: Hmm. That's that's awesome. It yeah, I, and I know for me when I think about a lot of the spiritual journey, I do think about this idea of like traveling and moving because, um, it's a, maybe it's it's a little bit outside of 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 uh, this journey of love what you talk about, this idea of being found, which is is so beautiful. And I I think a lot about, um, I think a lot about of like, it's like the second part to that, which is like, do you love me? So now I want to serve you. Mm -hmm, And then it's like, mm -hmm. then it's this journey of like trying to serve, trying not to sin and like trying, you know, to do all these things, but but that can't happen unless you have
1: mm-hmm. love first. Yes, Cause, right, cause, cause right.
0: You, yeah, like you only want to serve if you love. Yes, right. Yes, and so that makes so much sense, and that's that's so helpful for me too. The, the line that you said about um, you know being hungry mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, is, is so awesome because um, when I thought about being hungry, mm-hmm. you know, emotionally or, or spiritually. I always felt like that was, um, desolation.
1: Oh,
0: right. Yeah, but, yeah. but but the way that you said it was really helpful because you're saying like, no, you're just telling God that you want him and he'll come. Yeah, you And like yeah. being found, like you said. So yeah. that's really, that's really helpful.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's this beautiful tension of like, nobody wants to be hungry. <laughs> you know, right. nobody wants to be hungry. Yeah. Nobody wants to be restless, mm-hmm. but, it's that very thing that uh, postures us to get what we need mm. to get what we want um, because uh, otherwise if if we're just like uh, you know um, this starving child walking around like I'm not hungry I'm not hungry I'm not hungry wow, I'm yeah. just gonna I'm just gonna you know <laughs> I'm just gonna do my thing over here and I'm gonna get distracted here and I'm gonna um, strive over here and I'm gonna, um, (laughs) sleep over here. Like, um, Mm, mm. but I'm not hungry. Mm. I'm not hungry. I'm not hungry. I'm not hungry. Uh, You don't need to, I'm not hungry. Um, you know, but the second you say I'm hungry, your hands get filled. Um, Mm. you know, like, uh, yeah I just thinking about like a a a really um a a kid who's been orphaned or abandoned or a foster kid or um you know just a kid who's come from a lot of trauma who feels like they can't be loved or they can't rely on love to be there and um so you know the easiest thing to do is just you know, if you're if you're physically hungry, but you can't rely on the adults in the room to mm. provide, um and you're afraid that um your needs won't be met, then the safest thing to do is just distract yourself from the pain of being hungry. Uh, no. You know, um, and that's true in a dysfunctional family, like, Mm. Yeah, like if you say you're hungry, then, you know, the little food you have might be taken away from you or you might be so brave and vulnerable to say that you're hungry and then someone laughs at you or, you know, like, Mm. um, Mm. or, uh, you know, well, okay, like, thanks for telling me, but we're getting food next week, you know, like, Mm. uh, like, you don't want to set yourself up for that kind of pain and that kind of added disappointment, like you're already hungry, Mm. like, and you can be brave and vulnerable And say you're hungry, but that feels so risky because you're already hungry. (laughs) You're already hungry and you know it even if you're not saying it, even if you can't articulate it to yourself. So um, you don't want to say it. You don't want to own it. You don't want to acknowledge it because it's just too painful and it's too risky. Mm -hmm. But for that kid who has now been brought into a safe, good family where the parents are just dying to like, you want pizza? Like, yeah. <laughs> I'll give you pizza. Like your favorite, you want pepperoni on that pizza? Like I got you. Yeah, um, yeah. They But maybe the kid has learned like, don't say you're hungry. Don't say you're, it's only means bad things. Mm-hmm. It, you know, it only means more pain. And so they're just like, I'm going to play my Nintendo over here and I'm not going to be hungry. And I'm going to, you know, yeah. take a nap and I'm not going to be hungry. And I'm going to play outside and I'm not going to be hungry. And, you know, like they're doing all the things and just not letting themselves say that they're hungry. And the parent is just like, oh, man, like, I just want you to say that you're hungry because we got so much food. Yeah. We got uh. so much food. Um, and the second the kid, you know, just says, dad, I'm, I'm hungry. What do you want? Yeah,
0: right. <laughs> what do you
1: want? What do you want? You can have anything. Mm-hmm. You can have anything. Um, but it's so risky. It's so vulnerable mm-hmm. to let yourself be found. Because you know you're lost. You, you, you're you trying to distract yourself, but you know you're lost. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's scary in and of itself. Being alone is the antithesis of heaven, (laughs) you know, like Mm -hmm. it's not what we were made for. So it's painful just in and of itself. Mm -hmm. Um, it's so painful. So it's so risky to, um, own your pain and just say, okay, come find me. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm. that's so scary.
0: Yeah.
1: That's why we don't do it. (laughs) That's why we don't do it. We just try and, um, strive and try and you know get what scraps of love we can mm. um and that's not what we were made for we're not made for scraps
0: no I don't know man this is awesome <laughs> yeah uh man i i i uh, was just thinking like man i Wish my parents would have told me this is something that I can put, pass on to my kids. Mm. Is just looking them dead in the eye, and just telling them, like, you're going to be hungry in this life for love that we can't give you. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah.
0: And you're only going to find that in God.
1: Yes. Yes. Know?
0: And um, like, yeah, let him, let him feed you. Let him,
1: yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, it's not going to go away. Um, yeah, I, it took me a long time to find that out. But, uh, yeah, people don't speak about faith that way.
1: No, no. You know. It's it's such an abstraction. It's such a head thing. Um, and, uh, you know, I just, yeah, you know, how much it would have mattered to my little six-year-old who was crying because she couldn't receive if someone had just told her like, hmm. oh man, like, of course you're, fi- like, you know what that is. And of course you're sad you can't have it. Like, this is how you talk to God about that. Like, mm-hmm. he's gonna, he's gonna meet that need for you. Or mm. that 16 year old who was curled up inside a lectern in, in, a, <laughs> in, a, in a, a school chapel. Like, what right. if someone had just said, like, you know, The voice of god is actually like you have every access to hear the voice of god and Mm. you can actually feel the love of god in your body like did you know that aileen like Mm. um you have full access to what you want and you're in so much pain right now and that matters to god and he he wants to be with you in that pain he doesn't want to fix you he Mm. doesn't expect you to be something different some version of not in pain he just wants to be with you Right there. Mm-hmm. Um, like what What would that have done for me? Mm-hmm. And, and to some degree, I'm glad those things didn't happen. Sure. But, um, you know, yeah, to be able to say to your own kids that, um, you know, I am going to fail you. <laughs> I am. Mm-hmm. I am. And your heart is so big and so expansive and you're so restless and you're so hungry and it's so good. Mm-hmm. And it's so good. Like don't ever try and stomp out that restlessness that hunger like Mm -hmm. um don't be afraid of it and don't be afraid of it Mm -hmm. i'll tell you where to go Mm -hmm. when you have that hunger and that restlessness Mm -hmm. um like my job is to put you in the car and take you to the church and plant you in front of the tabernacle Mm -hmm. and teach you how to tell jesus how you feel um oh. and my job is to entrust you to the saints and my job is to um teach you that with god you can make sure that all your needs get met mm-hmm. um that's my job but don't you ever run from the pain of being you <laughs> mm. like don't um don't try and cover it up don't try and distract yourself from it it's such a gift like mm. I know it's hard. Um, I want to be with you in that hard. <laughs> I want to mm-hmm. be with you in that pain. And I will love you as best I can. But I'm not ever going to be able to satisfy it myself. Mm-hmm. And that's good. But don't don't think that your needs are too great. That your restlessness is too big. That your hunger is too much. Because mm-hmm. it's not. It's not. <laughs> and I want you to have more hunger. I want you to have more restlessness. Mm-hmm. I'm going to pray that over you every night. You know, mm-hmm. like... Um, I want more for you, so I'm going to ask for more hunger. So I'm going to ask for more restlessness because I want more for you. Mm. Um, like, what if we can pray that over our kids? Yeah. You know, right. like, um, like we spend our whole life making decisions based on our fear of our own needs and our own hunger and yeah. our own restlessness because it's we feel like, well, I'm helpless to save myself from the pain. Of being hungry to save myself from the pain of being restless so I just have to shut myself down and I just have to distract myself and I have to become the person that I think I'm supposed to be but what if we didn't have to be a certain type of person Mm -hmm. (laughs) and what if um, what if the pain actually wasn't too much what what if that was the 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 key to everything we wanted Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. everything we wanted and we, we placed such a high value on our hunger and our restlessness. And what if that was the most important thing about our hearts? Mm. Um, that like, w- what if that was the holy of holies in our heart? Um, like, what if that was the thing I loved most about myself is my hunger? I've spent my entire life trying to shut down my hunger, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, mm. But what if that was what I loved about myself the most? Um, because it that's what gives me access to God. That's what gives me access to food. Mm. Um, what if I treated it like that? Um, the things that make me more hungry, the things that make me insecure, the things that make me scared, the things that make me feel abandoned or alone, like bring them on (laughs) like more, (laughs) you know, like, um, you know, that's so, um, you know, uh, I can say that now, Cause I'm not feeling triggered in this very moment, you know, (laughs) like I, I'm feeling fine right now so I can say these things, but you know, uh, five hours ago when my last trigger was, (laughs) um, you know, I didn't want that pain. I didn't want that pain, Yeah. but, um, but it was a gateway to more love, more love than I had 10 hours ago mm-hmm. more lo- love than I had this morning more love than I had last night and so what if we what if we loved the things that caused us pain and hunger and restlessness because they were just access points that's mm-hmm. all they are yeah. and we don't have to be afraid of them we just have to walk through them
0: yeah exactly yeah there there are uh you know, compass to God, the mm. daily reminders. It's like, man, mm. if I, compass. If, yeah, if, if I viewed it that way, like that, that was, that pain was a reminder to look up, you know, at God. Just like, look up. Man, I would, hmm. Yeah. We would be grateful mm-hmm. um, to be more in touch with God. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. If, if it keeps us closer to him, then bring it on. Right. Right. Um, yeah, no, that's awesome. Well, we can, uh, we've been talking for 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 a while and this has been so great um i, I, have, so, I have so many more things i want to talk about but um yeah, yeah. May, maybe as we can try to uh to wrap it up um sure hmm maybe um oh my gosh there's a there's so much to oh, i guess i guess as as we wrap up i mean it is yeah is there anything that you want to share at the, towards the end of this he's
1: so much more kind than we think he is he's so much more kind and loving than we think he is and letting ourselves be loved is such a scary thing you mm. know um because of how we've been hurt because of how we've had such deficits in love before it feels so scary and so risky to let ourselves be loved Mm. um but he honors the smallest things you know like he he comes with such abundance for such small offerings um You know, like, all I prayed was help me fall in love with you. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, like that. That's all I prayed. I didn't do 17 million novenas. (laughs) I didn't go to daily mass. I, I didn't, um, I didn't, like, commit myself to, you know, staying up all night in reparation for souls in purgatory. You know, like, I said, help me fall in love with you. And... He honored it. He honored it. Um, And. We so often. Think that we have to do the things. Or be the person. That will make him come to us. And it's just not true. Hmm. It's not true. Um, He wants. To be loving. He wants to be kind. And you know, on a daily basis when I experience his kindness and it surprises me like, and I don't mean like, I'm not talking about like, um, I need this thing to happen in my day and he provides for it. Like that is absolutely the kindness of God. Mm. Um, or I don't need this major life outcome to happen. And it does. Oh, and it, it, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. it, uh, it, I don't mean that. I mean, I'm in pain And I bring it to prayer and the way that he relates to me, the way I see him in my heart, in my mind's eye, and what he does in response to my pain completely surprises me, Hmm. completely blows me away. Hmm. Um, Being surprised by the love and the kindness of God. He's so kind. He's so kind, he's so gentle, mm. he's so encouraging, he just, um, there, is, there is nothing that doesn't feel good mm. <laughs> about it, you mm. know, like, um, it's so, it takes so much courage sometimes for us to just let him do that mm-hmm. <laughs> for us. Um, but every time we do it, whether it's 17 times a day or whether it's the first time, every time we do it, we're a totally different person. Hmm. We're a totally different person and it has practical implications for how powerful and alive and free we are and the kinds of decisions that we can make in the kind of life that we want to create for ourselves um it changes all those things on a practical tangible level um so doesn't matter it, it doesn't matter what our long and short-term goals for our lives are like um it doesn't matter in what form we want to be loved um the more we just let him love us um, the more we're a totally different person, and we're more alive and free and powerful um, and you don't have to do anything or be a particular way um, and and also that there's help, you know like mm-hmm. there there's help there um you know. Anyone can contact you, right? If they need no. help. Um, anyone can contact me if they need help. Um, there is a whole church. No. <laughs> There's a whole church of people. The church... This is what... I know it's going to be a whole other podcast episode, but the church is not supposed to be this kind of inaccessible hierarchy of structure <laughs> that's just abstract and governmental and all that. The church... Is supposed to ensure that we have intimacy with God, mm. period. Mm-hmm. And it's yeah. supposed to give us access to that. So whether it's the Pope or the priests or you and me, mm. we're supposed to be encouraging each other and loving each other into relationship with Jesus. Mm. So if we're like, man, um, you know, Ben or man, Aileen, like, I think I've been actually trying this. I, th- I think I actually have, and you know, I've been doing it for a couple months, and nothing's happening. Or like, you know, I know, I I, I know what you're talking about, and I used to have that, but I don't anymore, mm-hmm. and I don't know how to get it back. You know, whatever it is, like, there's help. Like, mm-hmm. there's there's we're all doing this together. Um, and one of the greatest blessings about being Christian is that, um we're all for each other. We're all on the same team. <laughs> mm, yeah. Um, and so there's, there's always help. Um, and there's always new ways that we can love each other deeper into relationship with God. So, um, yeah, to, to avail ourselves of community and, uh, dialogue and to not be afraid to, to ask
0: for help too. Hmm. That's so important. Hmm. Um, yeah, just wrapping it up. Uh, in my men's group, uh, one mm. of the uh, guys shared with me, and this totally relates to what you were saying. Mm. He, he talked about how um, it was basically just a story of this uh, um, this girl who is like little girl, and she um, she would do this thing where she would she would like you know go up on a couch and then jump off the couch onto the father's like back, you know, and mm, like grab on. Yeah. And she would just do it all the time, and then one time she did it and he like um, like didn't like notice that oh. and then as soon as she jumped he looked and then he he, he like caught her oh. just in time and she and he was like what you are going to hurt yourself like like seriously you know you got to be careful when you do that oh, and, and she's sh- like she's like she's like but you're my dad like you'll always catch me oh. and i thought wow and and he was talking about how like <sighs> that's how that is, how it should be with us with god yeah, and kids, you know, they get that. They um, know That, it. that yeah. trust, or like, you know, and their parents, and um, and yeah, do we have that trust in God? You say, you know, you said it's so risky. It's so, it's, it is risky. Yeah, because it, we could fall. Yeah. But the, but the lie that the enemy tells you is that he, you know, you'll you will fall and like you'll he, you'll right. be right. caught. But we know that we'll be caught. Um, and just like as you said with you know hunger, um, you know the lie that the enemy says is that you know you're not hungry. Mm-hmm. Or or if you are, you can you can feed yourself, right? Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, but um, if you made someone believe that they're not hungry, then they'll never want to be mm-hmm. fed, you
1: know? Right,
0: right, um, right. And so, uh, but when we can um, embrace it, risks and all, yes, risk, we know that there's no risk, but um, it can seem
1: it, it can, can seem, seem so scary.
0: The human side of you, right, it has that risk that you feel of of what if, um, but. Um, but God's gonna always gonna catch us. Yeah, he's yeah, always gonna catch us.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah, and and the more we go through that whole process of of letting Him catch us over and over again, the more trust we have that He's going to the next time. You know, mm. like, um, yeah, it um, trust is something that um, you know, sometimes in the church we think about trust as being like this capital virtue and like we have to trust God. Um, and yes, but the way we trust is getting loved over and 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 over and, mm. over, and over again. Yeah. You know, um we are loved into trusting someone. Um mm-hmm. you can't you can't manufacture trust. Mm-hmm. Um you just have to be loved into it. Um and we can't be loved into trust without letting him love us. Mm-hmm. Um so uh yeah the more the more we let him love us, the more naturally like trust is the natural response to love. <laughs> it, it's the natural mm-hmm. response, you know. Um mm-hmm so uh if we want to live a life that's full of trust where we can like take great risks like that little girl off the couch um then uh we just have to let ourselves be loved
0: yeah to get to that point yeah yeah it's awesome
1: yeah. Sweet.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right. Awesome. This is so great. I'm gonna have to have you back again to talk more, honestly.
1: <laughs> Part two. <Yeah. laughs> I know, I don't want to stop either. <laughs> yeah.
0: Thank yeah. you so Thank much, you, Ben.
1: Aileen. Thank you so much. Thank you.
0: <laughs> Thank you. It's been wonderful. Um so yeah. Um yeah, keep keep doing your thing, girl.
1: <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. <laughs>